1: All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
2: And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, you know, I I get on my uh, pulpit every once in a while when I come across something that is just outrageous. Um, For example, I mean, there's no shortage in the news um, for example, where uh, there's Obamacare, that is a disaster. And if you go back through the archives of my show, not right now, listen right now to this show. But when we finish, go into the archives and see all the shows on Obamacare and, and don't say, I didn't warn you. Um, and it's not about the website. That's the least of the problems. Then we have um, the sanctions that are being lessened for Iran, then we have, uh, just today, uh, news about how we're flying into China's airspace. You know, <laughs> China, the company, the country that we, that's supporting us essentially, floating our debts, and we're flying into their airspace. Um, anybody else besides me think that, uh, Obama is on a mission to destroy this country? I have said this for a long time. Again, you can find it in the archives, especially when he was up for a re-election or election in the first place. Um, now we have another new wrinkle, or maybe it isn't that it actually isn't super new. I just haven't been uh, very aware of it, and unfortunately, I think most people haven't been aware of it. It's called Common Core, and I mean, I had heard those words floating around, but didn't realize just how important it was to find out what that means. And it apparently <laughs> is very important. And my guest today is going to be. Um, Telling us exactly why. So we're talking today about rewriting history and feeding our children propaganda. And my guest is Chuck Morse. He's a radio talk show host himself. He was named one of the Heavy 100 by Talkers Magazine. He's the author of several books. I'll tell you uh, more of their names, but one of them is American Testament, the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Con- Constitution, Keys to America's Future which has a particular rel- relevance to what we're talking about today in Common Core. And if you, if you have children, you absolutely need to listen to this. And if you care about uh, being in a free country, <laughs> even if you don't have children, you um, absolutely need to care about this and find out what the children of America are being fed before they swallow it. So, Chuck,
3: welcome to the show. Thank you, Carol. It's a pleasure to be with you.
2: Well, give us a um as palatable <laughs> i mean this can be i think part of the reason why people don't know so much about it besides it being essentially hidden and 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 uh, the media not really picking up on it either uh in any in any you know degree. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't lend itself to sound bites. It's really kind of a complex situation, a whole. There is so much to it, but I know you're going to be able to feed it to us in, um, in bite-sized pieces so that we can understand and then, you know, make our own uh, conclusions. So, Thank you, Carol. Why don't you start?
3: Uh, sure. I mean, I think one of the reasons why the media hasn't picked up on the Common Core curriculum is because it's one of the centerpieces of the Obama administration, and up until recently, President Obama has gotten uh, at least a free ride in the media. There's been a sort of a casual understanding that this would not be something that would be widely covered. Um, It is beginning to be covered even by liberal stations. Uh, What it constitutes is basically a nationalization of our entire education system, much more so than, than had been previously the case. And it's part of a long-standing trend that goes really back to the, the early part of the 20th century when we had the fathers of modern progressive education, people like John Dewey and John Dumphy and others, the so-called frontier thinkers, who wanted to transform American education from one in which our children would be taught cognitively how to think how to think for themselves, how to become independent people, to a more behaviorist model, which uh, John Dewey referred to as a form of fusion. Uh, John Dewey has writings where he talks about how the moral authority of the family and of the community and of the church would have to be replaced by the state and uh, Dewey was a major acolyte of um, of socialism. He had visited Stalin and sat at his feet uh, lovingly. And, you know, he wanted to uh, nationalize and collectivize the United States. He worked in tandem with some big corporate interests like the Rockefellers who wanted to create a pliable workforce among our people, people who would go to work and punch a time clock and would not think too carefully so they developed certain educational modalities like look-say reading, which is a, a way of teaching English other than phonics, English being a phonetic language, so that young people would have to learn to read by looking at hieroglyphics. They would have to look at the entire words and memorize them as if they were pictorials, similar to the way Chinese mm. is read. But English is not like Chinese. English is a phonetic language. We use a phonetic alphabet. So these things contributed to... Actually, a, a confusion in the minds of our young people, and they led to a, a certain disconnect, a dyslexia, if you will. There's been a lot of research on the topic, including by several Harvard professors who've written about it. This is, uh, if one wants to look further into it, there's a great deal out there, a good source is uh, Dr. Samuel L. Blumenfeld in his book, NEA Trojan Horse in American Education. But now we have a situation with this Common Core curriculum where there is this private corporation, the Pearson Group, that's being funded by, uh, by, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to the tunes of many tens of millions of dollars that has come up with this new curricula that is entirely behavior-based. It is, uh, very social-oriented. It is to essentially develop a single means where all American children will be educated exactly the same, whether you're from Alaska or Florida, whether you're from Maine or from California. The idea is that this gigantic one-size-fits-all program, a nationalized program where these bureaucrats who are not elected and who actually aren't even a part of the government, are going to make decisions with regard to how your children are educated and what the content of their education will be. Now, I, as an American, am much more trusting of the sense of the parents who live in a community when it comes to educating their own children. I'm speaking here as a parent myself of a, high, of a, uh, a public school student. And as such, parents should be able to determine through their local elected representatives on a school board the type of education modality that's in use. And if they want liberal or conservative, that's entirely up to you. I mean, it's a, it's really a, a freedom issue. It's something that your education and your community should reflect your values, we're, we're, again, whether they're liberal or conservative, not well, some let, let bureaucrats just, let in just, Washington.
2: Let, let me just stop you there for a minute because I don't want to get, you. You mentioned, and I, I read about this, that Um, The Gates are behind, or are not behind it, but are supporters of this. Now, surely you would think, one would think, I would think, that Bill Gates, you know, being a very smart man, um, wouldn't be for something like this. I don't get that.
3: I'm surprised myself. I mean, I would think that Bill Gates, a self-made man, would not be for this. But, you know, like a lot of people, I think he's probably been hoodwinked by these you know, these these, these educa- educrats who have convinced him that uh these standards will improve overall education. You know, I think that he probably means, well, I have no idea, I don't know the man, I've never been, met him, but I would think that uh, there are some pretty powerful people in the education bureaucracy who have convinced him that uh, a nationalized education system will raise standards when, in fact, it really doesn't, uh, a, a classic example is my own home state of Massachusetts, where our governor, Deval Patrick, has essentially surrendered what was a superior public education system, one that the taxpayers paid for and had worked toward developing for many, many decades, by signing on to the Common Core curriculum and thus dumbing down this system. Uh, you know, it replaces, for example, a good classic American literature with, uh you know, a manual text type of uh, of reading uh, it, it yes, replaces that, that, math. It, wait, know,
2: wait. Let's yes. I, I, I that was one of the things that bothers me the most. Um, um, the the idea that instead of reading books like Huckleberry Finn and all the classics, that ha- at least half of the um, I guess English and literature curriculum will be reading um, reading. Where I just want to. Reading these these um, manuals. Um, let me just. We, I want. There were some examples oh, here. Um, for example, informational te- texts. For example, mm-hmm. um, recommended levels of insulation by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency and U.S. Department of Energy, or uh, Executive Order One Three Four Two Three, whatever God. that is, strengthening federal environmental. Energy and transportation management. I guess that's what that is. That
3: that'll keep our young people up late at night. Well,
2: yeah, you know, and that'll keep our young people in school. I mean, can you imagine how many more people will drop out of school having to read these kinds of things?
3: Well, well, again, this is the dumbing down of America, and you know, a lot of people have been talking about this. This, this, as I pointed out, is not an issue that should be viewed left or right. Although, quite frankly, the Common Core curricula is left wing. But putting that aside, the issue is to erase American culture, erase American history, and to basically get into these very narrow and disjointed means of educating. Like, for example, if you look at the history curriculum of Common Core, rather than teach our young people a continuum of history, uh, American history or world history, where you have specific time periods and you put them into context not only with regard to the political events of the day, but what the culture was like, what it, what it was like to live there, the various social trends, the literature, the, the style. Instead, they, jo- they, they jump around disjointedly and they throw in all of these non-sequiturs and these arbitrary snapshots of various times in history, and the result is that our young people's minds are confused and they're going to get very bored very quickly yes, but yes. there'll be nowhere to turn the problem I have with this whole curriculum as lousy as it is is that the states are being bribed into accepting yes. it with enormous sums of money
2: and, and we need to take a break now but when we come back I want to I get into that you know when mm-hmm. you were talking about your state uh, um, surrendering to it I was going to ask you what what's making what is making these states surrender so we'll get back to that with my guest Chuck Morse um, we're talking today about rewriting history and feeding our children propaganda. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Music.
0: Welcome back
4: to Dr. Carol's
1: Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman.
2: And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about something incredibly important that doesn't fit into sound bites. Fortunately, we have an hour to hear from my guest, Chuck Morse, he is uh the host of a radio talk show called Chuck Morse Speaks which is nationally syndicated on the IRN USA radio networks he's also the author of several books I'll tell you about them at the end and where to get them and uh the author of columns that have been published in the Boston Globe the Washington Times the Providence Journal the New Bedford Standard Times WND Newsmax front page etc <laughs> and before we took a break um Mr. Morse was telling us about um, well this whole issue. We were just starting to to ponder why states are in fact surrendering to this and agreeing to follow this core Common Core
3: curriculum. I think it's a combination of money and ideology. The money side of it is that states are given these enormous grants from Washington to uh, four education departments, which, of course, pays people salaries and helps, uh, helps build up a budget. In exchange, there are strings attached, and the string that's attached is that they have to implement this national education modality for educating their children. And the problem with that is that it becomes the law. Parents have no choice after that. The authority of our local elected representatives in our school boards and for that matter on our state legislator, is transferred to this unelected national bureaucracy that is not even a part of the federal government. It's actually a private corporation. Now, this Pearson group is also involved in an interlocking relationship with other education groups around the world. Uh, much of it under the auspices of UNESCO, which is was founded in 1948 as a, as an NGO of the United Nations, and which has called itself the International School Board. Hmm. This is an attempt to set up international standards and make it so that all people, Think frankly, alike. Yeah, in the world, are going to be conditioned in such a way that they have a similar view of the world. And even whether you agree or not with those views is not the main point. The fact is that as a sovereign people who have representative government, we have to be able to determine... The nature of our children's education. We're paying for that out of our taxpayer money. We have a right under the Constitution to determine that education, not this unelected bureaucracy that is bribing its way and bludgeoning its way into various communities and states.
2: Okay, well, what do you say to people, um, or even some parents, who would say, well, I'm not, you know, I have, let's say, a high school education. Um, I'm not informed enough, educated enough to know what kind of education my children should have.
3: I would tell them that they have to start trusting themselves, that in order for us to have a, a free society in the long run, we have to trust ourselves to be able to control our own lives and our own destiny, that they are educated enough to know this. They're not stupid unlike what the establishment might want them to think. Mm-hmm. You know, we have common sense. You know, if you to, even even a cursory look at this Common Core curriculum, if you do it with a reasonably objective eye, you're going to see that it does not comport with proper means of teaching young people how to think properly. It completely strips out any reference to religious faith. It, it rewrites the Constitution as I put in my press release on this, the Common Court Curriculum uh, Manual for American History, it doesn't include a copy of the Constitution. Hmm. Instead, uh, they put in a summary uh, where they alter the language of the amendments to the Constitution to fit their agenda.
2: Yes, now, you know, now, if that isn't one of the clearest ways of, of knowing that there is an agenda to, to promoting this, you know, that, that how... um how I mean I think history is probably one of the most one of the most um, vulnerable subjects that um, if it's rewritten that can it can forward um, the person in charge the person who's in charge their agenda um, such as by what you're saying give us some examples of of how the Constitution was changed
3: like for example the Second Amendment reads. Um you know, the actual text is, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, period. Now, in the Common Core book, they say, quote, the Second Amendment says, the people have a right to keep and bear arms in a state militia, period. Uh, Wow. Now, look, whether regardless of where you, the listener, fall, on the issue of gun control, and that's a very contentious issue. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is that the Constitution says what it says, and they are rewriting it. That's called, that's plagiarism, it's forgery. It's a, they're doctoring one of our founding documents here. They are misrepresenting the law. And I think that young people can read the Constitution in its entirety and understand it. It's written so simply and so straightforwardly and they should read the entire book. That's why I wrote the book I wrote, which publishes the entire text and gets into commentary on what is actually meant uh, in terms of the, uh, the, the intent of the founding fathers. Now, you know, I, th- I say this, this is malpractice. I mean, they do the same thing in the First Amendment as well. They say, and I quote, the First Amendment, Congress may make no laws that infringe upon a citizen's right to freedom of religion, speech, press, assembly, and petition, Congress may not favor one religion over another. Excuse me, that's the Common Core (laughs) First Amendment. The actual amendment reads as follows. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition Uh. the government for redress of grievances. In other words, what they did was they put in the term separation of church and state which does not exist in the First Amendment. It just doesn't exist there. So it's taking
2: religion, trying to get religion even further away um, from like saying the Pledge of Allegiance in class and that kind of thing.
3: That's right. And and again, maybe the listener might say, well, I agree with that. I want a vigorous separation of church and state. And that's fine. But my, my complaint here is that they have altered the actual language of the First Amendment. And that is, I would argue, criminal. I mean, we need oh, to have lying. our young people read it for themselves and understand it, and if you disagree with it, fine, but at least yes. don't lie about it,
2: yes. and that's what yes. they're doing. Boy, the, I mean, these are really, and I I understand what you're saying, and I agree with you that people, can whether they agree with gun control or not or separation of church and state, whatever it is, that is, that isn't really the issue. The issue is that our children are being told that things as, as a basic as our Constitution uh, reads, something
3: different. Exactly, and if our children can't trust our educators to tell them the truth, then who can they trust? I mean, these are this is disreputable, and the thing that's troubling about it is that it is laws. I mean, this is going to be something that's mandatory. Uh, our tests, our admissions uh, tests for getting into universities, are going to be tailored to to match the Common Core curricula. So our children are going to have to know the Common Core's constitution in order to get into college, in order to get ahead in life, not the actual constitution. There's going to be a litmus test, in other words. And there are other examples of where the Common Core propagandizes a particular point of view, and I would argue it's a left point of view, uh, and, and that they present this as fact. Well, this also, if you, at,
2: if you just look at the two um, amendments that you... That you uh, red, you know, they both are things that strip us of our power, saying that that people can only carry weapons if you're in the militia, and right. then um, not having the power to uh, congregate. I mean, you know, it's things that are geared towards giving the president and the president's people, <laughs> the people in charge, uh, more power, and not having any of it being questioned um, or or Causing the, uh, the the people, the oh, peons, yeah. us, um, to be uh, to be castrated, to be to not have any power.
3: Exactly. It gets even worse than that. I mean, they talk about the president being able to make laws.
2: Hmm. Now, the really?
3: Constitution says that only Congress can make laws. The president does not make laws. It is very. It, it expresses a point of view, as you say, Carol. That is very authoritarian and is very much a centralized government point of view. That's classic leftism. It takes away the sovereign power of the citizen. The Constitution was written not to, in a sense, make laws, but it was to protect the people from the laws, you know, from laws to be made. And it's, it's, in a sense, it's, it's a passive uh, uh, document that recognizes the existence of natural law. And then people can, and then there's a means by which when laws are necessary, they can be crafted in a very, very carefully uh, limited manner. And what, what the Common Core curricular is doing is they're turning the entire concept, the entire philosophy of the Constitution on its head.
2: Yes, yes. And again,
3: I mean, I would, I would tell our listeners, if you agree with the left view of the Constitution, that's fine, but do you want your children to have to follow a particular Outside authority uh, methodology of learning, of learning and of education, or do you want to have control over your children's education yourself? We're losing control over our ability to educate our children. The the authority of the family, the authority of the church, the authority of private citizens are being supplanted by the authority of the state, which was the dream of John Dewey, the founder of progressive education, and which is the underlying philosophy. Of the entire common core agenda
2: and and also the the view of socialists communists I mean you know people maybe think that this is all well and good while they have a president who they like those of those remaining people who who can say that. Um, but what about when they get a president who they don't like who can make laws, you know, even if you're on the right side uh, yes. or the left side? I mean, which, whichever side you're on, there might well be a president that's not on your side, and if he can just make laws willy-nilly, you're not going to be happy about this. And it's kind of ironic because, of course, Obama has been um, been trying to and succeeding to a large degree of making laws already.
3: Exactly, and it's it's very it's highly questionable constitutionally. The other element of Common Core that is troubling is that it is teaching young people to spy on their parents and on their neighbors in the same way that in a communist country like China, you have neighborhood social workers who spy on the neighborhood and who report to higher-ups if they see someone who expresses opinions that don't comport to the official party line.
2: Well, tell us more about that. I don't know anything about that
3: children are given these tests and these uh, these worksheets where they're asked personal questions about themselves, about their parents, whether their parents get along, whether they what their religious beliefs are, whether they have a gun in the house, whether they do this, whether they do that. All kinds of questions and all of that information is being entered into a gigantic database. Wow. Very similar to what Obamacare is doing entering our personal health information into right. a gigantic database. And Look, my advice to parents, and you have still the constitutional right, you ha- You should tell your children, even though it's difficult and even though there's, there's pressure because we do look to our teachers as authority figures, that if they are asked these questions, they are to not answer any yes. of these questions. There is no reason, no rational reason, why the school, why the government needs to know any of these things. Yes. It is none of their business.
2: Yes, absolutely. Well, we need to take another break here, but wow, that's a troubling uh, um, piece of news to, <laughs> to ponder while we're taking the break. My guest is Chuck Morse. His book is called American Testament, The Declaration of Independence and in the U.S. Constitution Keys to America's Future. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, so stay tuned.
1: Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman.
2: And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about rewriting history and feeding our children propaganda with my guest, Chuck Morse, who is... um uh received the 2000 well he received a number of awards including the communicator of the year award from the National Right to Work Committee he was named a heavy 100 radio talk host by Talkers magazine he ran for congress in 2004 against um, Barney Frank in Massachusetts and I'll be telling you about his more of his books later I want to read um, uh something that can, comes from an article from The New American about Common Core Um, Totalitarian leaders from Hitler to Stalin and everywhere in between have always sought to centralize and control education. The reason is simple. Whoever molds the minds of the youth can eventually dominate the population, even if it takes a generation or two. I mean, that kind of sums up... (laughs) The dangers, um, and especially some of the things that you, you know, the thing like what you were just talking about, reporting on, uh, spying on family and neighbors and all that. I mean, that's such a part of these totalitarian regimes.
3: It is the dream of the authoritarians, going back to the the days of Marx, and uh, even a cursory study of the work of, of John Dewey shows that that's exactly what he intended to do, and and he worked very closely with the. Uh, big corporate interests who want the same thing. They're looking for a controlled, pal- uh, you know, malleable, docile nation of people who are going to follow orders and are going to to basically become human resources rather than sovereign human beings who can lift themselves up by their own bootstraps and who are rugged individualists. That's the American tradition. That's right. actually the most natural way to be in this world. We are supposed to have a government that fosters that by limiting powers into various branches and uh, into a balance so that not too much power ends up uh, concentrated into the hands of one group. Well, the Common Core curricula concentrates more and more power into the hands of one group over the most critical aspect of our lives, and that is the education of our children. There's nothing more important than that. And this group is not accountable to the taxpayer. They are a private corporation that works in tandem with the Department of Education, and they are implementing it piece by piece, looking at each community, looking at each state, figuring out year by year what they can get away with, given the atmosphere, like they might get away with more in Boston than they would in Little Rock, Arkansas. I don't know. I mean, it depends. But they have a very long-term vision. This goes back 100 years. This is not new. It actually goes back to the days of Otto von Bismarck in Prussia, where he implemented the first national education system, and uh, it's something that the American people ought to reject out of self-interest. We want our children to be independent thinkers, whether they choose to become the corporate head of a major corporation or whether they choose to fly, you know, to to, surf, to become surf bums. That's their business. We Mm -hmm. want them to be able to think for themselves and create their own lives and determine their own destinies, not become a part of a wheel, a cog in this gigantic national wheel.
2: Right. And, you know, for example, math is another kind of issue, brings up another issue. Um, You know, some people are saying or said, um, well why do we need to teach our children uh geometry and algebra and and uh, statistics and you know all these higher why do you, why do you need anything more than adding and subtracting and multiplying and dividing um, be, and and you know of course it's very uh tempting to not have to uh uh teach you know or for children to not have to learn harder kinds of subjects but at the same time yes it's true you know how much how many students go out and and need um to use the higher i mean depending upon what you what you do for a living afterwards um, mm. you may not need some of those things however the the importance of those things. Is the training your mind to think and to figure out problems and to reason. You know, you may not need to know ever if a, if a, what's that thing, if a train goes, travels for an hour and a half towards Mine. Boston and there's, uh, how many eggs does a chicken and a half lay? <laughs> that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, by having to do those brain exercises, um, that is building our brains and building our ability to think for ourselves. So these kinds of things are important.
3: You're absolutely right, Carol. I mean, mathematics, arithmetic is really what it is, is a way of thinking cognitively. It's an abstract means of, of dividing and adding and subtracting and developing the relationships of things in an organized way. It's more than just uh, adding and subtracting and the way math is being taught in the, in the core curriculum and the way it's been taught generally over the past decade is really a travesty. And the good people who were mat- formally getting into math education are leaving, and the whole quality of our math education departments and our math teachers has gone downhill. Most parents will tell you that. They've noticed this. The math departments are very weak, and that's because math has also been politicized now we have children being asked to learn these brain-cracking problems which which would vex any person to, in terms of figuring out uh, you know philosophically how one thing relates to another rather than math which especially is vulnerable to need of building it up on set building blocks where you learn a b and c before you go on to d e and f it has to be done there is a way to teach math that's been proven over many, many millennia, going all the way back to the ancient Greeks. It's not new. What they're doing is they're tampering with that, and they are essentially scrambling it up and mixing it up, which is part of this agenda, whether it be conscious or otherwise, to dumb people down.
2: Well, could you give an example?
3: Well, as I just mentioned, I mean, now children are being asked to learn these very complicated, uh, you know, problems that, that are almost impossible to solve, rather than learning the, the essential aspects that make up algebra, that make up trigonometry, which actually, if they're taught properly, are not that difficult if you do it in a way that is logical. It, it, all that's been tossed out the window, just like in history. It's all been categorized. It's been, it's been compartmentalized. It's like, it's like fast images that flash before people's minds that, uh, that has basically turned people's, people off to it. And Common Core, you know, again, I have just begun to study the actual nuances of this, but I, I can't wait to take a look at what their math agenda is. I'm sure that it's something that's going to mess people's minds up with regard to math. And if you turn a person off to math, that can seriously affect a person's ability to think cognitively. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's using our children as guinea pigs. That's what really gets me hot under the collar over this. We know how to teach our children. You know, children and young people in colonial America were more educated, they were more literate than they are today. And the reason is because, first of all, they learned how to read phonetically, and they learned how to write properly, and they learned the basic skills so that they could move on in their own lives. Why is it that today we have such a high illiteracy rate in this country? Why does New York City, uh, uh, there was a recent story earlier this year, the, something like 90% of the graduates in the public school system are technically, uh, functionally illiterate. Mm-hmm. And they'll tell you, well, we need more money. That's nonsense. I mean, mm-hmm. they've got more money per student than any, any education department in the country. hmm
2: um, you know, and a part of a part of the problem that's complicating things is the fact that so many parents, so many households are dysfunctional. Like, and schools are taking up the slack. Like, um, parents, you know, children who are being abused
3: mm. and
2: um, who come to school, uh, of course, distracted by their abuse um, or their neglect and um, not really in a psychological framework to learn. Or children whose parents don't make sure that they're fed breakfast in the morning, so the schools have taken up the responsibility, at least in some states, um, to feed them uh, breakfast and or lunch.
3: Um,
2: You know, the parents have given up some of their power on their own doing.
3: Well, well, I'll give you the example, Carol, of Marva Collins, who ran a school in the uh, toughest neighborhood in Chicago. There was a 60-minute piece on her. Uh, She took an abandoned supermarket and converted it into a school. She took in as her students some of the hardest students coming from the worst families, real broken homes, you know, uh, uh, drug abuse, uh, you, you name it, and she simply set certain standards in that school, within the walls of the school. and and created certain education modalities like phonics and, and other strict discipline rules. And the result was an incredible increase in education, especially amongst those most vulnerable students. They had a safe place to go, a place where the problems outside were kept out for that particular period of time, where you had highly organized students sitting in a classroom where everybody looked forward at the teacher. The teacher was not a facilitator, You didn't have all this distracting artwork and everything covering the walls. Instead, you just had an American flag. You just had one or two things. And the teacher simply taught strict, old-fashioned educational modalities. The result was fantastic. 60 Minutes uh, followed some of these students, and it was really inspiring. So, you know, this is all the more reason why we have to throw out these crackpot, you know, theories and... uh, almost new agey approaches to education and get to actual ability to educate. Our our teachers and our system, they know what to do to educate. It's been done. This isn't brain surgery.
2: Well, yes, and this whole thing of making um, the tests, uh, conform to common core is a way of blackmailing even those students or those schools like private schools or home schools or whatever it 's a way of blackmailing everyone to learn yes. common core because those people who want to get into college, for example, um, of course, I guess maybe that 's part of the issue to not have as many people i mean I, it just it just seems so backwards i can 't even try to why would I mean, do you think that that's part of the thing, trying to make it so that people either lose interest in reading these dry manuals and drop out of school or um, the convoluted math problems or i mean, do you think that part of the one of the parts of the agenda is to keep <laughs> is to keep the nation as dumb as possible?
3: yes i do um, there and there is absolute blackmail involved here. Uh, we have now a situation where something like a third of all Americans are basically being paid not to work. Mm -hmm. We have economic policies that are essentially uh, regulating business to the point where it can't function and it can't invest inside the country. Uh, It does seem to me to be some kind of an agenda. I don't know what it is because I'm not on the inside, but my guess is that this is an attempt to turn the United States into a province of the world. Uh, I don't mean to be overly dramatic here and I'm not trying to weave conspiracy theories. What do you it's mean just, a province of the world? In other words that our our identity as a sovereign nation that is exceptional and that does what is absolutely the best for the citizens by really creating the kind of dynamic atmosphere where where capital can be invested and businesses can grow and people can be creative and there's a great energy. That seems to be sucked out of this country. Yes, absolutely. And and there's no rational reason for that, but it is deliberate. It's not something that's...
2: We we need to continue talking about that when we get back because I just got word that we we need to take another break. It's going really quickly. This is important stuff, folks. So when it gets on the website posted in um, 24 to 36 hours, you may want to listen to it again and forward it around to... Uh, your friends and family. We're talking about rewriting history and feeding our children propaganda with my guest, Chuck Morris. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
4: Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk.
1: Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at one 860 cope Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com
4: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
1: Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch, if you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol Dial, toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman.
2: And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host Dr. Carol Lieberman with my guest Chuck Morse. He is the author of American Testament, the Declaration of Independence and the US Constitution, Keys to America's Future. This is uh, going to be one of the only <laughs> one of the only books where you're going to be able to find the real Constitution in uh, not too much longer. Oh, I hope not. I hope not.
3: <laughs> you know, I it's... hope to raise people's constitutional literacy in this country by even suggesting that people carry around a copy
2: mm-hmm. of the
3: Constitution, even if you have to print it off your computer. Just carry it in your hip pocket. Carry it in your pocketbook. Read it when you're stuck in a red light. Read it while you're waiting in line at McDonald's. You know, just read it. And, and mm-hmm. the more you read it, the more you realize and the more you start thinking about what's happening in our politics in a new way. Yes. It's very easy to read, too. Yes, it's, it's written simply, unlike the Obamacare bill, which is 800 pages and it's all gobbledygook and all code words. The Constitution was written simply so that any high school student could read it and understand it.
2: Yes. Now, I want to know, um, continuing with what we were saying and, and this whole idea of how things are changing, I want to know where Obama and his family are planning to move to after he totally destroys America?
3: Probably Honolulu, I guess.
2: (laughs) Well, What do you mean? That's not America?
3: (laughs) Well, no, I mean, they'll go to their home state and they'll set up an Obama Institute, and, you know, I wish them well. But I
2: mean, once, um, you know, with all the things that he's doing that are compromising our security, of course compromising our health, um, although he's excluded from that, he doesn't have to follow Obamacare, But, um, I mean, this country is going to be turned upside down even more by the time he leaves, and I don't think he's going to really want to live here. So I want to know where he's bought a ticket to.
3: (laughs) Well, let's just hope that um, the midterm elections, which are less than a year away, will confirm what many people are saying, which is that Obama at this point is a lame duck, Mm -hmm. and that if, if if the Republicans take back the U.S. Senate, and increase their margin in the House and maybe get a couple of state houses, that's going to be it for Obama. Um, oh, I
2: certainly know. I certainly hope so, but it's going to be unfortunate how many people have to die in the interim um, because of mm-hmm. not getting appropriate health care.
3: Yes, it is. And uh, people are losing insurance that they've paid for all their life. It is a national scandal. It's a tragedy. You've got people with cancer. Who have insurance and now they have to worry on top of the cancer yes. about about what you know about their health you know coverage and it's just a you know the, the whole thing was put in place through lies. Mm-hmm. Obama said that the insurance companies could jack up the price. That's a lie. Insurance companies cannot raise the price of your coverage unless they get the approval of a state legislature.
2: And, and then, he said we wouldn't lose our insurance, and people are in droves.
3: That's right, and also the insurance companies, he said, they could drop you if you had a catastrophic illness. That's also a lie. Uh, In most states, there's been a law in place for the past several decades which uh, forbid insurance companies from doing that. So the whole thing was essentially a demonization of an entire private industry, which is already very well regulated, for the idea of turning the entire edifice over to the federal government. Now we see millions of people being dropped from their policies and that's going to go up next year when, when the uh, Obamacare kicks in for businesses. And I suspect that that might be what Obama wants because he has talked about in the past, as have several other very liberal politicians, this idea of universal health care, which is essentially complete state run health care without any insurance where the government just right. decides what you're going to get and not get. So right. maybe they, they're just feeling like Obama's going to have to bear the pain of unpopularity and the mm. gnashing yes. of teeth, yes. but that they're going to get there to the bigger goal. Yes. That's what I and, fear.
2: And I hope my listeners, I hope all of you out there ha- are seeing, have been seeing, as Chuck Morse has been talking, the parallels between how the Common Core curriculum has been snuck up on us. And with lies, and lying about the Constitution in the, in the, uh, uh, Common Core, uh, itself, and, um, and all these, uh, ways of blackmailing people to adopt these things, and all, and the fact that it's a, a, a hand picked group who's, uh, ruling on this. I mean, it, all of these things are parallel to what's happening with Obamacare.
3: Well, it seems to me that there's a three legged stool here. The first leg is Obamacare. The second leg we might call Obama Core, yes. which is the Common Core curriculum. And the third leg I would imagine is Agenda 21, which is environmental control by private authorities uh, based upon the UN Rio Convention. And that's something that's a whole nother subject. We could talk about that uh, another time. But you have local uh, city and town authorities uh, trying to get their communities to conform to Agenda 21 environmental standards, and those those are not necessarily good for the environment. They're certainly not good for the ability of individuals and of local communities to determine how their environment is to be regulated.
2: Yes, it's all about taking away the power of the people and concentrating it in the hand of totalitarian leaders, and this is all very scary, and um, I want to make sure that people... I want to give out information before... um, we run out of time for where people can find out more first of all um, there are you need to know about some of the other books that Chuck Morse has written um, you can put in his name on Amazon uh Chuck Morse as in Morse code and and get the list of all the books including mm. um, uh the art and science of american money how our money is created and why it matters Thank you. um and And a whole list of other books. So just put in Chuck Morse in Amazon, and you will uh, be able to see m- more um, more wisdom from this man. Also, uh, Chuck was telling me off the air uh, that there you can find out more about, I mean, of course, you can Google Common Core, but you can find out more about what's being done to try to uh, stop this from being um, uh, put over on us. Uh, by going to Freedom Project Education, did I get that right?
3: Yes, it's an excellent website. Freedom Project Education. Um, Alan Scholl is the main person behind that. Um, it's he, he has a list of all of documents after documents was uh, revealing the nature of Common Core, and uh, a lot of very practical information in terms of how to get involved in your local community, in terms of stopping Common Core, and to, and how to do it in a way that. Is polite and that doesn't ruffle people's feathers. There's ways to talk about this with uh, other family, me- you know, with family members, with with parents, while you're waiting in line to pick up your child, and to introduce this as an idea to get us involved in a sort of a counter Fabian opposition to this program.
2: Yes, ca- counter Fabian meaning what?
3: Oh, well, I I just threw that in because that's the title of one of my books.
2: I know, I know. Yes, and I meant to ask you, the counter-Fabians, Republicans in the age of Obama, what is a counter-Fabian?
3: Well, it's to counter what I argue is a Fabian movement that's been in this place in this country for a century, and that is the gradual, slow transition of this country toward public ownership, which is uh, what socialism is. Uh, We can have a counter-movement where we gradually and slowly and carefully take back our natural rights, and ensure that uh, they reside with the people.
2: Yes, yes. (laughs) Starting with teaching children the actual real Constitution.
3: (laughs) Uh, Yes, exactly.
2: (laughs) And the Declaration of Independence and all the other uh, documents our forefathers wrote and speeches and so on. Uh, Yes, I understand that. um, Yes, I was just reading an article about how Obama changed in some speech that he was giving. He changed uh, the Gettysburg Address. Did you read about that?
3: he dropped the word um, under God. Yes. Which, uh, again, I mean, this is a, it's plagiarism, it's a desecration of one of our most famous documents. He, he, I understand he may not like references to God, as bad as that is, but let him come out and say so, not not yes. change the actual language.
2: Yes, which is just like what he's doing in Common Core, just thinking that he can change, uh, yes. make his own laws and change the, the what the forefathers wrote in our country. Well, we've come to an end. This is all so important. Again, I want to ask you all to please, once this goes up in the next day or two on voiceamerica.com, um, please circulate this show, especially to parents, especially to PTAs, um, anyone, that, uh, anyone who cares about where our country is heading. And, Chuck, thank you so much. Again, that my guest was Chuck Morse. Um, as in Morse code, check him out on Amazon and look at all the books that he has written. So thank you, Chuck. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
3: Thank you, Carol.
1: Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.